Hello. Today's episode is a conversation with Jack with No K, who is a local Austin musician, singer-songwriter, badass guitar player, and friend of mine around the Austin scene. Jack and I get into a cool conversation about his history in music and education, moving from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia and now to Austin. We also get into topics about his new EP. We get into issues of good and evil and theology and all sorts of cool stuff like that. And we have a badass jam at the end of the episode. So be sure to listen all the way to the end to get to that. But before we get to all that, please remember that I am a value-for-value podcaster and musician myself, which means that I operate on a system where any value that I provide to you through my content, I ask that you respond in kind by providing value back to me. There's a few ways to do that. There are some really easy ways like liking my stuff, leaving a comment, subscribing to my channels, all that. You can also donate one-time donations on my Venmo through this QR or Bitcoin to me through this QR. I accept Bitcoin. I like Bitcoin, all that stuff. And you can also subscribe on a monthly basis to my Patreon with the link below. And on my Patreon, if you subscribe, there's different tiers that get sort of different goodies and things like that. But all of these are ways of providing value back to me for any of the value that you derive from the content that I provide to you. All right, on to the show. Welcome to Music in Mind. All right, hello everybody. I'm here with Jack with no K, J A C, Jack Carson, who is a guitarist, songwriter, musician in Austin, Texas, and uh, we met. I think it was at the Friends Bar Blues Jam. Yeah, probably like a year probably. ago or something like that. Maybe it was a year that and or a half WTF. Ago. It was one of them. Yeah, it was yeah. One of them. It's always one of them. I think you were one of the first people I played with there too. Oh yeah. I think it was Psycho Killer. <laughs> that makes sense, actually. Yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah, I was I was very intimidated by that jam. When oh, I first really? Moved here, I was like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah, but here you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we actually we played together last night at uh, Skylark Lounge. Yeah, was fun. Their, their jam. So uh, how's how's life? You know, it's good, man. No one ever asks. You know, it's all it's always me being like, how's everyone doing tonight? But right. <laughs> no one asks back. You want the audience to ask you back? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, podcast listeners, if you could, if you could write in, how's everyone doing just, tonight? You know, I'm all right. How are yeah, you? Like, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. How Thank is you. life? How you been holding up? You know those kind of things. Yeah. You got How? a real sad looking Care Bear right there. I just noticed. Oh, he's, Grumpy Bear. Yeah, he's not looking at me in the eyes. I like, which the, actually kind of hurts more. The facial expression <laughs> he makes. Everybody yeah. can see this is great because every time I'm working, he has an expression like, "You think that's good?" Yeah. What oh, the hell are you doing? Good. That's a weird <laughs> self-motivator. You know, self-hate can be can be powerful. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Grumpy bear. Yeah, my sister got me that. So. All it right. Just, cool. Let's there. take an ad break. Brought to you by Stamps.com. Yeah. Right. Stamps. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Ever no. need to send a letter? Nope. Well, right. then you don't well, need. Well, then to there we go. Yeah, right. Yeah, all the podcast things. I don't have any ads. Yeah. I did not have, yet. Well, I had you can no, make your own. Ad. No one no, can I, stop I don't you know. I don't think I want ads. I don't think I want to by ZipRecruiter. <laughs> that's true. Well, ZipRecruiter might. Yeah, they might. <laughs> no, stop it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite like newer season Family Guy bits. Is they're doing a podcast? Oh yes, I've seen that one. ZipRecruiter. We vastly overestimate the amount of people who listen to <laughs> podcasts who are in hiring decisions. Yeah. Something like that. That's funny. So are you a podcast listener? I'm actually just a big Family Guy fan. Me too. <laughs> I So I watch Family yeah, Guy also, while I go to yeah. sleep almost every oh, night. Oh, really? 
And like, so I've gone through the whole thing like 15 times, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I respect that. See, I don't do that, and I've still gone through it like 15 times. Yeah, yeah. So your Family Guy fan, not a big podcast listener. No, I'm a big podcast listener. Okay, yeah, what, what do you it's listen both. to? Honestly, the main one I listen to all the time is part of my take. Okay, I don't know that one. So it's a Barstool Sports Podcast. Oh, cool. Um, mainly football, but all kind of sports. And uh-huh. then occasionally they do Dungeons and Dragons. Whoa. Which that's is a funny. Big difference. Huge difference. Okay. But it's funny because it's a bunch of like, like sports, sports nerds. guys doing just playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like on they the hire, podcast they play. Yeah, oh, that's they hire fun. they do it during like there's certain gaps in like the sports calendar. Yeah. Where there's really nothing going on. Okay. Like right after the Super Bowl. Sure, is sure, sure. Football's done. Yeah. Mid-season, like pre-All-Star game, NBA yep. and NHL. No baseball. Right. Nothing. Yep. And then it's like what do we August do? <laughs> is after NHL and NBA are done. Right. Before football training camp starts. And all that's there is baseball. Right. But it's not even that, that close to the playoffs. Sure, sure, sure. So like these certain points... They'll just let's play Dungeons. And Dragons. Yeah, they hire like a renowned um, dungeon master. They're renowned who, dungeon masters. Yeah, apparently. Wow. You never seen like Critical Role or any of that? No, stuff, I or? I played Dungeons and Dragons when I was like ten. Okay. Um, but I haven't really played it since then, and sure. so I don't know. I feel like it's taken off in this yeah. whole other direction. I'm a big sports guy. But I'm a big fantasy nerd too. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I just well, play music you, a, to a pay D&D the bills. Guy? You know. No, you know what's funny? I know a lot about D&D. I've never actually played it. Oh, really? Have you played yeah. any role-playing games? Wow. Well, I didn't know we were going to get into my, you know, yeah, yeah, private yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, but right off the bat. All right, time for another ad break. We have green tea. <laughs> just just Whenever green tea. Whenever you want just a just, little bit of caffeine. Just green tea. Just green tea. Not any particular brand. Amazon brand green tea. Amazon. 120 bags for $6. Probably. Something like that. Something. That is what I do. Every morning I do um, green, uh, green tea and throat coat tea. Okay. Yeah, with yeah. a little bit of honey. Nice. But I didn't want to have you get green tea and also throat coat tea. Yeah. Though, it's good for you. Yeah. I mean, I Good for your voice. I, I, is it? Yeah, green tea? That's what they say. Well, yeah. throat coat tea. I see. Just tea. What does it coat your throat with? That sounds... I, Thought we weren't gonna get in my private <laughs> life, Anthony. Yeah. I sure hope I'm talking into the mic. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. You are. Should I get? You can get as like close closer. as you want. I'm gonna compress the hell oh, out of okay. it, and so it doesn't matter. Right. As long as it's getting signal, right. it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So you're a musician. We met at the jams. I you am. seem to be sponsored by a lot of things. By a lot of podcasting advertisements. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting that you've got. You know, that. you say I'm a musician, but really it's just to pay the bills so I can pursue my real habit of walking other people's dogs. Great. So you're a musician to pay the bills. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Do you pay the bills as a musician? I do pay the bills as a musician. That's great. Yeah. No day job. Barely. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Or yeah. do you do so? I know about your sort of gigging work as Jack with No K. Do you yeah. do other musical work? Uh, sometimes. Like Saturday, I picked up a gig. You know Keezy? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's playing with his kind of group up at, uh, what's it called? Rock House Trailer oh, Park yeah, yeah. or whatever that yep. 
yep. spot is. Yeah, that's a fun spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm just playing lead for him on Saturday. So I'm doing oh, the Lucky nice. Duck during the day. Cool. And then going from the Lucky Duck to filling as like guitar. Nice. I used to do that a lot more when I lived in Philly before I moved to Austin. I was like, I always like lead play guitar, and sing side, and stuff. Yeah, side but guy. I was, I had my own group, the Jack with No K, you know, kind of thing up there. Right. But I was also the lead guitarist for, um, first it was a country guy who's a really good friend of mine named Vinny Pay Lizzy. Okay. And he's up in Nashville right now. Shout out Vinny. Um, <laughs> Hi Vinny. The off chance you would hear this. Yeah. <laughs> he's a huge like this fan. local Austin music podcast. Yeah, right. Um, then I was in an indie pop band called Saint Wild. Okay. Which was a lot of fun. Nice. Shout out Saint Wild. In case you guys, I are can fans see you it. like playing guitar in an indie pop band. Yeah, pretty well. it was fun. The only problem was they were all like over six feet tall. Oh. So I, re- <laughs> I really stood out. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. That's how I should have known it wasn't like a perfect fit, but they all became like my best friends. Interesting. And then I was in a group called Arch Palatine that I can only describe as like dungeon rock or like theater pop combined. Theater pop? Yeah. It's, I'll show you those two phrases. I mean, very different directions. Right here. Would be a great time to intercut yeah. with like a 10 second clip okay. of his song Hypnotize. Am I going to get pulled off things Go. for putting it on there? No chance. No chance? No chance. I, I mean, get pulled off for he, putting my own songs can, on there. How? Because they happen to technically be copyrighted. Yeah, but you're the copyright owner. I know. I know. I know. YouTube is. All right, well, here would be a good spot. To <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. I can do it on Spotify. Or you know what it. we could do is just play it like. Yeah. From our phone. Yeah. Because then it won't hit the... Um... It's true, but it'll sound better. I'll put something in. As okay, long cool. Yeah. It's cool stuff. Anyways. The phone thing sounds better. Yeah, anyways, I was this guitarist. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the Dungeon yeah. Rock slash Theater Pop. Yeah. Or Dungeon Pop Theater Rock. One of the... Theater Rock. It's... I mean, you'll listen to it. When you say theater, like... are you, are you mean like Broadway? Yeah, kind of. Like it's rent? very interesting. It's I mean you'll just have to listen. That's crazy. But we would do these concerts called um, the Dark Castle Experience. <laughs> nice. And it was kind of like a concept album sort of thing. That's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, it was really neat. That was one of the most. It was do you have one costumes of the most and like fun sets and stuff. Uh, we only had to wear. He had a full costume. Yeah. No sets. Not at that point. Okay. I think now there's a little more with it. We just had to wear all black. Sure. Yeah, it was fun. And it worked because at the time, um, one of my main guitars, which is my first like really nice guitar, is a Jet Black uh, Gibson Les Paul. Nice. Have so you, it worked well. Do you play that one much? I don't no, know if I've ever seen you play that. home in Pittsburgh. Okay. Got to have one nice guitar up there. Also, nice. it's just heavy. Yeah. So Pittsburgh is where you're from and where yeah, you I'm started I'm from Pittsburgh. Up, and then you went to lived Philly. Lived in Philly to go to school. And then I lived there four years after. So okay. I spent eight years in Philly. What did you um, go to school for? Entrepreneurship, and I got a certificate in political economics, too. Political economics. It all is just a lot of words. Wait, what's political economics versus other economics? If you have to ask, I mean, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, obviously. It's a great way of saying I forget. I forget. (laughs) No, no, no. It's just about, it's like, you know, it's like political economy. It's kind of like, um, you know, it's a lot of theory. It's the reason it was a certificate from the liberal liberal arts school Right. when I was in the business school. So it wasn't like business economics. It was like a lot of like monetary policy sure. 
trade theory, that kind of stuff. Okay. So who I I I have a, a second love of economics, but I'm oh, not really? I'm not an I'm by no means well read or anything. Yeah. But uh I used to be fairly knowledgeable. <laughs> now I just have like the core tenets yeah. of what I believe and what I was taught to kind of think. Interesting. Yeah. Are they in concert? What you believe More recently, and what you were taught. All right, to so think? this is game off topic for a music podcast, but like, so I have always been like in theory, like a free trade guy. Cause it Mm -hmm. makes sense. You know, um, you specialize in what you're good at. You don't have barriers up and then everything will kind of find itself in perfect harmony. Uh I recently, like in the last few years do think there's a lot of merit to like, Basically the idea of, hey, maybe we shouldn't have gotten rid of all our manufacturing because now, right. like, we can't produce a lot of steel and sure. we can't produce, like, a lot of the things we need. Yeah. And maybe that wasn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. Especially not to what ended up being shipping off a lot of it to, like, geopolitical rivals. Sure. It's not... not it's th- one thing when a lot of the steel... So Pittsburgh was a big steel right, city. Right, right. Um, actually, fun little fun history fact. I'm a big history guy. Um, Pittsburgh during... The Second World War, mm-hmm. just that city produced more steel than all of the Axis powers combined. Wow. Yeah. It's That's pretty badass. amazing. It used to be the second biggest city yeah. in America. Pittsburgh? Yep. When? Early 1900s. The second biggest city? Yeah, I mean, it was huge for... So, that's... You know, like, who Andrew Car- Carnegie yeah, is, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. You know, one of the richest right. men yeah, yeah. in American history. One of, like, the, you know, industrial titans or robber barons or however right. you want to... right. Describe that whole Gilded Age era. Um, he, all of his stuff was in Pittsburgh. That's mm-hmm. where all the steel was. That's where Westinghouse was that did all like the train stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it became a huge immigrant community. Right. So it's cool. a lot of the Italian and Irish and Polish immigrants. Right. Would come from like, when they came here from like New York or Buffalo was also mm-hmm. a really big place right. where people would actually come into the United States. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would resettle. Down in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh because there were just a lot cool. of jobs there. Um, so is Pittsburgh a Midwest city? I not? think so. Cult- culturally, for sure. I this argument with so many where, people because yeah. I see Pennsylvania as being a split sure. state. It is, and Philly is East Coast. To Philly's me. so East Coast. And Pittsburgh is the edge of the Midwest. That's me. exactly how I would describe it because I grew up in Pittsburgh. You see the maps and you always think like, oh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, East Coast. Right. And growing up there, I wouldn't have thought anything of that. I've been like, yeah, you know, it's the East Coast. Right. And then I lived in Philadelphia. Right. And like, oh, this is a different is, world. It's so different. It's so different. And also Philly's so much bigger than right. Pittsburgh. So that's How big part is of Pittsburgh? It. It's, like it's big 000? enough to have three sports Six to teams. eight? That's it. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. No, it's not six to eight million. I mean, no, it's no, a, six to eight hundred thousand. Oh, something like that. Well, Metro, I think it's probably around a million. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's it's a little smaller than Austin. Right, right, right. Um, I think if it is similar in size to like Milwaukee and Cleveland, it's a little bigger than both of them. I think. Okay, but that's not a bad way of thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. I saw a Wisconsin thing. Are you from Wisconsin? I'm from Wisconsin. You're from Wisconsin. Yep, that's cool. From Madison. Yeah, Taylor who does stage at a. Hmm? Taylor, who does all the sound and stage Mm -hmm. at WTF, is from Wisconsin. Oh, I didn't know that. He's from like a really small place there. Oh. Y'all can bond over it. Oh, that's great. I know Friends Bar does cheese curds. What? You know Friends Bar does fried cheese curds? 
Oh, I did. See, I have seen that. Yeah, I haven't got. They're them, really good. Are they? They're nice. not actual cheese curds, but they're good. Yeah, they're f- nice. <laughs> can I, are I they can breaded? Swear, right? No. Oh. No, they're not real cheese curds. They're little bits of the actual of like cheese balls. They're basically fried cheese balls. Okay. But you'll like that them, I'm good. sure. <laughs> that yeah. sounds good. That's like anywhere I go where they're like, I can see that I can put fries on my salad. I get excited because it's a Pittsburgh thing. Fries on your salad? I fries on everything, that. man. Fries on the sandwich. Fries, fries on the salad. Fries on the sandwich. I like. Like I, I love a like a shawarma with fries in it or something. Oh, that's like good. That. But I've never had fries on a salad. Should try it. Interesting. Just next time you get a salad, <laughs> throw throw a couple of fries. On. It's got to be the right salad, like a Greek salad. It tastes really good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would highly recommend. Just think about I can it. see that. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, sounds yeah. good. The, that Greek thing. Oh, okay, so. Delicious. Where were we? Uh, political economics. Oh, anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand. History. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand? I don't know where I was going to go. <laughs> Let's just move on. Okay. Well, Quickly. what I what I'm wondering is the the that academic side. Like, you seem to... We, I, we were just having a conversation about... Yeah. Uh, like biblical translations and stuff like that. Yeah. So does does the academic side or the interest, the curiosity about non-musical topics come into your music in any way? Huh. Sometimes. Like your songwriting, your process, anything like that? Yeah, so... I mean, I guess the entrepreneurship yeah. to the business side makes sense. How yeah, that, would that, come in. that definitely helped a lot in the idea of... I also... my actual like quote-unquote professional background before i did music full-time was sales so that with an entrepreneurship thing helps a lot with doing music because it's a lot of that like it's a lot of the like soft skills of knowing how to like yeah you know do your own thing and get people to say yes and that kind of thing the sales aspect of is i i struggle with that and i'm trying to think about it more and more like my act is a product that I'm trying to pitch okay. to venues and things yeah, like and that. Yeah, and that's not a bad way of thinking about it. You know, it's tough because um, it's tough because it's one of those things where like your music's really personal to you, and right. you don't want to be one of those people. This is at least mm-hmm. me speaking from my experience. I never want to be one of those people who's like overly serious as an artist. Yeah, who's like, oh, it's the most important thing in the world. Like, right. it's not. We're just it's just music. It's just music, man. It's great. Music's great. It's what makes me feel alive, and that's right. why I do it. Yeah. Um. But you know, it's not like we're curing cancer, right? You know, or like parachuting into war zones to provide like medical aid. Like right. to, you right. know, there's a lot of things that are more important than what we do. Yes. I also never wanted to be one of those people who's just overly professional professional and salesy about it to where it's like there's no artistry involved yeah you know what i mean yeah, yeah, like there's some people and there's some people in austin it's a lot in nashville and stuff where like you know and you and i both play in bands that have to do like these long three-hour yep. games yep. and stuff so you have to do covers right yes but i never wanted to just lose the aspect of like why am i doing this Absolutely. and some of that yeah. is by the benefit of also being a songwriter Mm -hmm. because some people aren't and like that's like totally fine and normal and there's a different attitude you can have with that like if you're not like if you're just a bassist but if you're just a (laughs) bit now but like if you're a bassist and you don't write songs right your main and you want to be a professional musician your main thing is like money gigs or like what am i really 
Get right. I mean, I ask this question all the time. Are you a, in, in the particular case you're talking about, are you a tradesman or are you an artist? It's got to be both. It's well, got to be both. It has to be both. So I think so if it's. You're, if, you're a, if you're a bass player and you're content. Just a bass player. No, if I'm you just, are just a bass player, you. Yeah. Micaiah. <laughs> uh oh. I'm just kidding. I think he listens to this. <laughs> Micaiah. He's the one just every week <laughs> tuning into the just a bass player. Yeah. Screw you. Yeah. He's playing with me tonight, super like out of the kindness of his heart. Nice. Like last minute. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah Where yeah. are you playing? Uh WTF. Okay. This won't be out tonight, but so if you're listening <laughs> Yeah, if you're listening and you can go back in time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh anyway, but I think it depends on how you do it. There's definitely bass players, not Micaiah. No, let's just pick on Micaiah. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, there there are bass players I've heard, and it feels to me like what they're doing is they're doing a trade. It feels to me sure. like they're like, I know how to play like the blues, and I can just kind of do this for three or four hours, and it's whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of that, and you know, I will there's say There's a this, lot who aren't like that, by the way. There and are, but there's also... But also, there's nothing wrong with that, because there are a lot of blues bands, and there's like way more... Here's the thing. There's way more people who sing and play guitar yeah. than there are bassists. Right. There's not like this even like ratio in yep. the city. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, six to one, eight to one. Yeah. So bassists in particular are in this like interesting position where you're always in demand if you want to be in demand. So you have to know what to do. But yep. that also means that you can't like get attached to every single thing that you do. Right, right. Otherwise, you're going to feel like you're pulled in a million different directions. Yep, yep. So there are some people who are very much hired guns. And the reason I brought up uh, just basis in particular is because I think it's an easy one to see that, um, to see that kind of life with when I was talking about the difference, like walking the line between just artistry and, you know, pure professional musicianship because I know a lot of bassists who as I'm saying that out loud, I actually realize that almost all the bassists I play with do try and write their own songs. Yeah. But I do know a lot of bassists who aren't songwriters. Mm -hmm. Drummers probably would have been a better example because it's hard to, you know, write solo music for drums. But I think it depends on what on the on the person, right? Because actually, if I think about but it, think, there aren't that many musicians I know who are quote just an anything. Yeah, because they have aspirate, they have artistic aspirations, and yeah. I would say most musicians that's how they got into it. But I think that there is a path that can lead you down to essentially being having a trade. Yeah, similar to being a plumber. Like this is a thing I do. You need somebody to come. I think plumbers make a lot more. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> in a way, a plumber is a lot more valuable, though. Yeah. Because if your toilet is backed For up, sure. you need a plumber. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you need a band at your bar? Not really. No, yeah. I mean, it's nice. But don't hire a DJ. Right. To right. be clear. But but the you cover, need us, the cover band thing is also... Just because every other city makes do without it doesn't mean you don't need us. This is why you need to be an artist, though. If you're an artist, you're providing value. Because if you are just a cover band, you're the same as Spotify. Probably a little bit worse. Well, it'd be quality. But not in energy, hopefully. You would hope that a band you're watching has more energy than... The Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting. So I think, so the overarching point 
um, I was trying to make is mm-hmm. I think there is a certain amount of artistry that you have to hold on to when you're a songwriter. Right. Was kind of the overarching point. And sure. I think if you don't have that aspect, it's a lot easier, not in a bad way, to go and be a lot more of like like how you said, like a tradesman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With music. Yeah. Um, I think you have to hang on to the artistry a little bit, at least when you're a songwriter, because if you lose that, but you're still trying to write songs, you get a lot of uninspired works. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get inspired works? It's a great question. There's this quote that I'm not actually going to quote correctly. So if maybe on the screen you could put like a little thing with the actual quote. <laughs> okay. Just to see uh, how yeah. badly I miss it. So I can yeah, remember. Would be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> would be great. Um, but I remember in high school, one of my best friends was really into the, to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh-huh. He's in a band called November Blue up in Austin or up in Nashville. So Nice. All these bands. Yeah, yeah a lot of bands. That's I like great. giving little shout outs. It's half of my content for podcasts. I love it. I mean, actually, <laughs> I am always looking for music to listen to that is by people oh, cool. I know in the network and stuff yeah. like that. Well, they're up in Nashville. They're really good. If you What's like uh, November Blue. Cool. Yeah. If you like uh, Avid Brothers. Nice. With maybe a little more of like a more modern country. Sure. Twist to it. Yeah. You like them. Honestly, if you like harmonies, you'll like them. They're the best Ooh. harmonies I've ever heard. Nice. Of like any band. Harmonies. We got to get back to that. I have a point. All right. I, I put a pin in that. Harmonies. Yeah. Anyways, so here's the quote. Here's where you put the quote. It okay. actually would be funny if there's just this quote and it disappears. And then like five minutes later is when I actually <laughs> say it. So okay. anyways, me editing work. One of my best. Yeah, it's a lot of editing. <laughs> Hope you're ready. We need like... PowerPoint transitions oh too. Anyways, <laughs> so he's really into the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And John Frusciante had this quote that I used to make fun of uh-huh. um, where he's like, I think we as musicians pull songs out of the ether around us. Mm-hmm. And it's not actually like our own inspiration. It's us as like a vessel sure. for like this universal sound. Yeah. Right. And I always just thought he was like a rambling heroin addict. Interesting. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And now as uh-huh. I've gotten older yep. and I've written, you know, I have a catalog of maybe close to 30 songs mm-hmm. that are out and stuff like that of, you know, and more that aren't not a ton more that aren't, but, you know, more that aren't. I kind of understand what he's thinking because you can sit down you can try and write about something specific yep for me it doesn't always work that well yep um you can sit down and have a regimented practice which i think is really important Mm -hmm. for a songwriter to have but it also doesn't always yield the best results Uh um the same way that like if you're you know playing sports you want to have practice and you want to you know if you're a basketball guy you want to like practice shooting threes right or free Mm-hmm. Or free throws or something like that. And it doesn't mean that like that's how good you'll play in the game. And sometimes like if you can really shine as like a clutch performer, it's gonna be better when you do it like live and in yeah, the moment. Absolutely. Um, but having that regimen thing is important. But like I said, it doesn't always yield the best results. I've found that most of my songs come from like random moments of inspiration. And the mm. trick is you have to be able to yeah. um know how to capture that a little bit 
Uh-huh. So you at least have something to go back to. Yes. And that was a piece of advice given to me by a friend of mine from Philly who now mm-hmm. lives in Montana. Mm-hmm. Hayden Samick. <laughs> Dead Fellow is the name of the, mm. the group. Really cool. Um, really, really cool music. Now he, last I know, he works as one of the editors for the Meat Eater podcast. Okay. Um, which I don't listen to, but it's a big like hunter cool. type thing yeah. up in Montana. It's cool. Um, anyways, he said you have to be able to like, whenever you feel that moment of like inspiration as a songwriter, be able to stop yeah. what you're doing and just work on it until it's not flowing anymore. Yes. And I've started doing that a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten some of my best songs from absolutely that, from just like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm feeling it. Yep. Stop what you're doing. You know, the only thing that really keeps me from it is I'm like, fuck me, I'm going to be late to a gig. Like, yeah. Yep. Can't be late. That's very unprofessional. Being late. <laughs> Being late is super unprofessional. And I really, really try my best not to. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, like I've, I've had like dates where I've been like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm running like 15 minutes. And sometimes I'm like, oh, it's traveling. Sometimes I'm like, hey, I'm writing a song. I got inspired. I'm like, that's like the douchiest answer in the world. But like, no, but know. it's true though. But it, that for sure, I, I agree with you about the finding a way to recognize it in the moment and, and, and get enough down right then that you're going to be able to come back to it later. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to know because it's easy to get a bunch down and you come back to it later and it's just totally gone. Yeah. And it was good in the moment. And if you'd kept working on it, maybe you would have captured it. Yeah. And then you come back to it two days later and yeah. it's like, this is awful. That's what why is voice memos are really important. Yeah. And organized songwriting technique is important. Yes. Because um, I used to write all my songs just like in my journal, mm-hmm. which looks nice to look back on. But yeah. it's really hard for like editing purposes. Yes. I, over the last few years, write all my songs on graph paper. On graph paper? Yeah, on a clipboard. And do you write... With when you say you write pencil. your songs, yeah, is it like lyrics and chords? Are you writing notation yeah. out? Yeah, both. No, no, no. I don't. I don't do musical notation. Okay. No. So like if there's gun a, to my head, I could transcribe something to musical uh, notation, but like. But if there's a riff or something specific, voice memo. Okay. Melodies and riffs and stuff like that. Voice memo. Uh huh. I have graph paper that I write my songs on. I wish I brought it to like. <laughs> show the audience yeah but um, i mean it's art at a certain point yeah just put in a picture of me holding it i'll okay, send it to okay, you later great. yeah <laughs> it'll be right here yeah um yeah and then on it though i'll write the name of the voice memo okay and the d- always got to date it so you have like references for it yeah and then something about graph paper i really like i like that you can indent things when you need to and everything can be laid out sure. super yeah, yeah, yeah like uniformly yeah you can box things off if you mm-hmm. need to i never do harsh boxes i like doing little like checks like <laughs> like dashes nice. you know Very what i mean soft. yeah it's soft it's nice though it looks it does look really nice yeah um yeah i think so like i'm a pretty add kind of guy yeah and I think a lot of musicians and songwriters are. Yeah. And so when you have a very chaotic mind, mm-hmm. having ways to organize that mm-hmm. that are yes, easy absolutely. for you to do yep. being the key is an important thing. Yeah. Because there's a lot of techniques that like you should do if you have you know, if you have ADD or you're cluttered or stuff like that. But a lot of them feel like such a strain and yep. very unnatural. So if you find things that are like simple mm-hmm. and easy that just like 
fit that like square peg in your life. Yep. Just go with that because it makes everything so yep. much. It just like smooths out what's like mm-hmm. a very bumpy like road. Yeah. In your brain. I feel like that's also a great um, way of describing what the value of technique is. That is true. Okay. And I think it's the same with guitar. I mean, we're talking about song <laughs> songwriting technique, organizational technique. The purpose of practicing technique on guitar is to give yourself easy access to things that you want to get yeah. to, essentially. Yeah, like, a scale doesn't matter unless you need to have access to be able to move through those notes quickly. And now you're giving yourself a pattern. Yeah. You're like, ah, now like I know how to do this. Well, pattern recognition is so big on guitar. Cause it's one of those things where like, like reading notation for yeah. a guitar sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was joking with Jim Briggs on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Shout out Jim Briggs. Yeah. Shout out Jim Briggs. And his solo album that's totally coming soon. <laughs> yeah. The, well, hacker, I'm, I'm the gonna, hacker promise. I'm going to give him shit again for this. Because uh, it was it was pretty funny because he said, you know, Brown Eyed Girl is in G Ionian and then C Ionian. Because that riff goes, and it doesn't sharp the F when it goes up. It's a straight transposition. And it's like, yeah, but also he just moved his hand up and did the same shape. Yeah, that's so funny. I was going to say, like, Jim, I think you're overthinking Brown Eyed Girl. That's so funny, though. That's fucking... That's all jazz is, I'm convinced, is like a lot of people... I'm going to get so much shit for this. If anyone who listens to jazz is like an avid fan who's going to yeah, like... Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if you're out there, write in. Yeah. Um, right in. The P.O. Box is one. Anyways. Yeah. So um, I'm really convinced that jazz was a lot of these like, you know, otherworldly talented like ear musicians... Yes. Who did a lot of drugs. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And just played together mm-hmm. and just went for it, playing off of whatever they're like, mm-hmm. you know, twisted high minds kind of came up <laughs> with. And then it's all these really freaking lame people, not people who play jazz or lame, but the people who like sat down to write the science of it. Yeah. Were just, like I said, I'm a huge nerd, but these fucking like super nerds of it yeah. who are like, this is what they're doing. And I'm like, I think you're kind of missing the point. Yeah. Cause it's not about like, Oh, look how complicated. Cause you have to go to like the sharp 13th yeah. of the, yeah. I don't even know yeah. how to fake explain jazz. Okay. But like you do all these things and it's like, yeah. Or you just feel it and you hear it yep. and you play what you th- hear is supposed to be. There. Well, most of the, most that's of the like jazz masters who say that that's what you should jazz. do. Oh, really? Like Miles so Davis talks about that, and John Coltrane talks about that. Yeah, that's about where, how when they're soloing, they're not thinking about scales. Yeah, that's totally where I got my ideas from. <laughs> but at the same time, the John Coltrane's yeah. notebooks are just like just like charts and charts yeah. of scales and arpeggios See, I and how say they that, connect. Yeah. Like my whole little tirade there, yeah. and then anyone who would know anything about jazz would be like. No, and like be like John Coltrane's <laughs> notebooks are all the like, yeah, all musical notation. Like he knew very exactly. Oh what yeah, he was doing. yeah, he did. But at the same time, I think I think it goes back to what we're talking about about the, that obsession of technique allows him in the moment to not think. Well, that's and why I think you it's practice. the same thing as like um, somebody who doesn't have that 
who hasn't gone that deep into like every connection of every arpeggio, but let's say they know the minor pentatonics really well. So mm-hmm. they can go to a blues jam and they can, someone says blues and G and they're not thinking, they're just yeah. going through it because they for have sure. access to that whole scale. They know how all yeah. those notes connect. I think blues is a great example for that because blues, the reason why I fell in love with that, I think a lot of yeah. people is it's like music theory wise, about as easy as you can get. Sure. Probably the easiest. Maybe. Um, it might be like just maybe, except I believe that blues is in major and minor at the same time, which is this interesting complexity of the oh, blues I get, specifically. I totally get that because there's also like okay, so a good example is um, Thrill is Gone. Yeah. So B minor, right? Yep. But you can do some of the little like BB box stuff that he does on like, mm-hmm. like the like if it's like, you can do the like. Yeah. Not exactly how I did it, but if you do it in the moment, it'll sound good. Where you do this riff of like something you would do in the major. Yeah. 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 I just realized it actually works better on a different blues song I was thinking of. <laughs> um, well, I mean, but I, if you go half a well, step I, I, up I, and you do Have You Ever Loved a Woman, I think, I think it's the, the trick of what you did is hard. It's very hard to make the major third sound good over a minor chord. Yeah. But the minor third always sounds good over the major chord. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I like that. And that's where you get the the Jimi Hendrix, the sharp nine chord, because mm-hmm. it's a major chord with a minor third up on top. Yeah. And that is the blues sound. Yeah. Um, I think. No, I'd agree with that. I think, I'm just trying to think of what my original point was. Oh, blues is one of those things that's really, really easy to learn. Right. And it's, re- it's basically impossible to master. Because sure. you can be as good as you want, but at the end of the day, all blues really is, is like soul uh-huh. because the technique yes. is pretty minimal yep so it's and it's been done for what 120 years or something mm-hmm. yep. like how are you gonna make the thing that theory wise has stayed pretty much the same still right. interesting yep. over 100 years later mm-hmm. and people are still doing it yeah you know it's because it's all about the feeling it is and, and i think that's what i like mm-hmm. about blues a lot is, you know, there's there's a lot of songs that, that people write that are really specific to them, right? Like, if you mm-hmm. think of, like, a Midwestern emo kind of song, yeah. it's like, yep. I hate this one girl Rebecca in my hometown of, like, <laughs> Scottsdale, Illinois. Yep. And, yep. like, yeah, 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 on December 19th, 2001. <laughs> like, you know, just yeah. one of those things where it's like, you get a little glimpse into their yep. life or something like yep. that. Um, or you have songs that are really specific to like demographics of people. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a big reason why hip hop caught on. Mm -hmm. Like if you ever, what was the MWA movie? The NW straight out of Compton. Yeah. Yeah. So they talked really well about how like they were writing music for Compton and for their experience that they, that they had. Uh And that's why like fuck the police. Yeah was this, like, anthem not necessarily just about, like, fuck the police in some, like, academic sense that some people in, like, 2020 wanted to make it. (laughs) It's about, like, dude, fuck the police in Compton because this is what we deal with. Or you have these songs, like, um, I don't know why this comes to mind, but, like, Waiting Around to Die, the Towns Van Zandt song. Okay. Where it's very specific to, like, that life Mm -hmm. or you have... um, God, I'm trying to think of the... 
I mean, I can't think of the songs, a song specifically for some reason, but a lot of country music is specific to yes. like resonates with this type of person mm-hmm. where it's like, like people make fun of the like, oh, I drink a beer on my tractor, like that kind of yep. country. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people who liter- who party exactly that way, yep. who listen to it and they're like, fuck yeah. yeah. That's how of I course. do things. Yep. Um, I think what makes blues such a great genre mm-hmm. is no matter where you're born or, you know, race, gender, demographic, like income, anything, yeah. whether you're rich, poor, anything like that, everyone gets their heart broken. Yeah. And that's all blues is. It's like this deep, soulful pain of yes. like love lost. Uh huh. And I think it's that's personal. why it's really personal and it's really universal, though. Yeah. So it's these two things yep. that hit on these two different levels that make it complete. And I think it goes back to that, like, why is it still interesting mm-hmm. a century later? That's why. It's because, you know, it's why it'll be interesting a century from now. Sure. You know, everyone, unless we're all replaced by robots, is right. going to get their heart broken. Yeah. And there's this whole genre that's been written of just person after person after person after person feeling the same thing. Yep. And saying it differently in the same way. Mm-hmm. And so how far out does it extend to you? Like the in terms of the blues? Because well, there's, there's the form. Lot, so. <laughs> well, because like I consider Hey Joe essentially a blues song. Okay. Even though it's not following the yeah. traditional blues form, I think that I everything saying. about it screams the blues. Yeah. He repeats each line twice, and that repetition of like I'm saying a thing, yeah. and I'm saying a thing again, and I'm saying a thing again, and I'm saying a thing again. And there's a repeating chord progression that isn't a traditional blues progression, but most of his solo over it is like using blues scales and stuff yeah. like that. And it's and it's this build of intensity, and that's this sure. other thing that I see about the blues is like if you watch. Uh, a bb king song like sweet 16 or something it's one of my favorite examples and it's weird because it's like dangerous as a song now because it's naughty but uh <laughs> i just love what he does with the it's song it's crazy that like not that long ago it's insane but anyway. everyone wrote songs about like 15 and 16 Dude, year old people. oh as a crazy Was aside jerry lee lewis uh married his married his like 15 year old niece or something like that his cousin oh my god yeah well also the beatles uh oh, is his cousin that's fine Maybe I'm it was his niece. Kidding. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, the what's the song? I saw her standing there. She was just 17. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I learned that when he's saying, you know what I mean, he's saying she was younger than 17. Oh, shit. But 17 was the age of consent. 60s, that'd be fucking weird. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you wink, wink, you know what yeah. I mean? She was just 17. Are you going to be able to have this on YouTube? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um. But yeah, so what B.B. King, like he'll take a song and also the the amount of time you can take on it, because the people I see around town who really, I think, have mastered the blues are the ones who are taking a song is basically it's just a canvas. Yeah. And so any blues song could be like 25 minutes long. Yeah. And so like it's really it's how you take it and how you milk all that emotion out of it, all the heartbreak, all the whatever. And that's what it should be. And that's sort of why like the words of a blues song don't matter in a way. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good way of putting it. Speaking of stretching us on to <laughs> 20 minutes, we 
Were you there? We were. We played Friends on Daylight Savings Night. I have we heard had, this story from oh, Makaya really? fifteen times. What did you That's play? So funny. You played. You played. Uh, use me you for like forty five minutes or something. Forty six minutes. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> well, they have. You know, Friends is great bar. Really great bar, actually. I love Friends. Yeah. Um, you know. Is Use Me a blues? Interesting, right? I don't know. Yeah. I, um, yeah, but they asked us, they're like, hey, we want you to play Saturday night. We'll pay you extra, but mm-hmm. you have to do four hours because it can be daylight savings. Right. And they're famous for, like, no breaks. So. I have to say, I really don't like that. That's fine. Yeah. And as a musician, everyone should have the right to complain about it. I yeah. do understand it from a business point of view because the second you take a break, yeah, no, every, I get it. Dips. Then the money has to be, yeah, yeah. Well, so anyways, they're like, "Can you fill out four hours?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we can do it." And in my head, I'm like, "Fucking do you use me for an hour, and we'll see, <laughs> see what happens." <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty it was amazing. Forty-six minutes. I clocked it at the start because yeah. I knew what was going to happen. Yeah, Carlos knew what was going to happen. I didn't really tell anyone else intentionally. <laughs> I just wanted to see what would happen. And when we got done, Rhett looked at me, drummer Rhett, what's up? <laughs> looked at me and tossed his sticks in the air and walked off stage to do in a fun way, nice. not in a mean way. Nice. But he's like, I'm taking a break. And I'm like, that's fine. And then I did two solo songs. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. This would be the good time for a break. Hold on. That would have been a perfect time for ad reads yeah. if I had ads. Yeah. I don't think I want ads. Eh. Yeah. You say that till someone's like, hey, I'll give you this money of course, to say I did, my name. I did once get offered a sponsorship from Denny's. Really? That was $30 a week free Denny's food. And I was like, I don't really want, like, I don't like Denny's. I feel like that. It's kind of fun. But then I have to say good stuff about Denny's. No, you just have to say Denny's gave you $30 a week to... Hey, guys, Denny's gave me $30 Do you have to do, like, an ad read, or are they just, like, here's... No, I think it's, like, you have to mention it X number of times throughout your content. That's easy. I would take that deal just based on the challenge (laughs) of, like, bringing up Denny's. Like, be like, oh, hey, did I tell you about Denny's advertising deal? Like... Because this is a funny... You would have already said Denny's enough times in just telling me about this. That's true. I mean, that right? is a funny way of doing it. Because if talk we about said the word... The- <laughs> I mean, we've said Denny's... Yeah, right. What, 12 times so far? Yeah. On accident? But it's not money. It's just Denny's food. Oh, you get a grand slam. Yeah, that's true. You probably like one and a half. I don't it know It could how much be something... I mean, where's the closest Denny's? It's walkable. Bro. That could be the thing. You take each of your guests out to Denny's after. There's the thirty bucks, right? That's there. hilarious. That's actually really funny. Today, you should you should absolutely hey, I want to take, take you that out. Deal. Thank you so much for doing that, the podcast. That would be hilarious. And then each episode picture is a picture that you take at the Denny's. Oh my god! Of you and the person. No, that's way too much for Denny's, bro. That's funny though. That's like a. And we're back. <laughs> I mean, we can keep that in. Or you should absolutely keep that in. That was the, this was a bit. Mm, you gotta have bits, right? Right. I have to have bits. Right. Hey, I have bits on my should, other podcast. You should take that up. Yeah. You should take that deal. You should take that deal. Be like, can I have thirty dollars real money too? Two. Yeah. 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 In addition, thirty dollars. Just thirty dollars. <laughs> can I have thirty bucks, please? Can I have thirty bucks and thirty bucks of free food? Yeah. Right. Start at a hundred. Right. 
Can I have a hundred? Start two hundred. Be like, can I have two hundred dollars? I like how the way you can I have two hundred dollars. Like you're sort of asking them for a favor yeah. almost. Like, hey, can I have two hundred dollars? Two hundred dollars and thirty dollars of free food. <laughs> Just play them this clip and be like, what do you think of this? What, what do you think this play is Play who? This clip, like walk up. Play Denny. <laughs> Did, was it just a local guy at Denny's? Was no, like, it was, I'll give you. It was like some 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 uh, some email, yeah. like a sponsorship email. I I would like to get a hold of Denny though, maybe. Yeah. Like, hey, can I please talk to Denny? His name's actually Denny. It's actually Denny's Den- his last name. Oh, I see. His name is Danny Denny. Yeah. Danny D. Denny. <laughs> Danny D. Denny. Yeah. Actually, that guy. Uh, Do you know what the you? middle D is for? No. David. Okay. Uh, and there, we're back. There was a guitar player last night at the Skylark Lounge. I think you left. Named Daniel David Dennett. Really? Yeah, he was the last guy to play. Oh, okay. Yeah, I must have left right before. Yeah. I was tired. Yeah. My allergies were kicking my ass yesterday. Oh, yeah. Because they had all the, like... Atmosphere changes because of the oh, yeah, yeah, little yeah. fake tornado we had. Yeah, right. The fake tornado. Some allergies fucked me up, so anytime I feel even a little bit off is a great excuse to just take NyQuil and go to bed. Sure. <laughs> sure. So I did that at one in the morning. It was real groggy getting up today. Ugh. I feel like every time I take NyQuil, it makes me feel sicker than before I took it. I love it. Yeah. I sleep so soundly with I, the like, weirdest I can't dreams. Sleep. I just like, I like have not restful sleep and I feel sick. I always thought I slept really well, and I now realize that I wake up almost every single night. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, in the middle of it. And it's just because I'm thirsty. Sure. And I try drinking water before bed, but, like... Yeah. Like, having to get up to pee is annoying. That happens. Or I feel like if if I've been drinking, I wake up at, like, 3 a.m. every time. Yeah. That's the witching hour. That's... Devil gonna get you. Yeah, the devil's like, hey. <laughs> the it's devil. three. Go it's away, the devil. devil. <laughs> ha. Oh, ha. <laughs> I come to take a soul. It reminds me of an old uh, Dane, uh, David Cross bit about, he's like, you know, people actually like believe in the devil, like a little guy with a pitchfork. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to get you in the tuchus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Do you believe in the devil? No. No? No. Interesting. Do you believe in the devil? I do believe in the devil. Nice. Like or the, Satan or something. Satan. That. Do you believe in evil? Since you have all your religious I don't philosophy think so. books outside. No, I don't think so. You don't believe in evil. I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe. Like I as do. a force, I should yeah, say. Yeah, maybe. The, the answer to that is maybe. I don't know what I believe. What do you mean maybe? I feel like there's a lo- there's enough in the world. I'm going to challenge you on this a little bit because I think please, there's please enough proof in the world of, of evil. evil to be like... To, to have you pretty sold on the idea. I, I, I believe that the narrative of evil is a useful conceptualization. That's such an annoying, like, academic answer. Yeah, I know. Um, what about, like, children mining cobalt in the Congo at, like, gunpoint and machete point? Yeah. Calling That's, that evil is very helpful. It's not. Don't you think there is some objective evil? I don't know. I, I have no idea. Like, I, I do. I think the universe cares about that. Maybe not. Do I think we care? Yes. That's why I'm saying it's useful. So I think there's a reason we care, though, because we look at something and we can feel that it's wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think there's some things that unless you not mm-hmm. to not to pick on you for the answer. That, no, no, go for it. Go for it. Please, please do. Please do. Unless you're going to be. Uh huh. 
annoyingly philosophical about it. Right. There's some things we can look at and be like, that's objectively wrong. Object- and it's not everything because you can, cause right. you can be annoying and philosophical and be like, if I'm like, you know, there's children dying, like the example I use, there's children dying in the Congo mining cobalt so we can, you know, have our phones charged quickly. And like, right. they're, you know, yeah, these, great little, good. these pens of like, Minds where they're all smushed like sardines and literally yeah, yeah. the only yeah. thing they can see is down yeah, into terrible. the ground. Yeah. I'm in like, you, I'm not you can for say, that, by I, know, the way. I know, to be clear, but you can say things like, oh, like if I had said something like murder, yeah. you can make philosophical arguments about like, oh, well, what about like just war and like all no, these no, other no, things? No, 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 I wouldn't even say, do that. Well, then it's annoying that you pushed back on the child mining. No, part no, no, because no, I actually don't <laughs> think there's such a thing as just war, but. Well, that's fine. Uh, but I'm just saying. I don't think that the, your situation that is just either. It's not just. Uh, I'm not saying. I never said it was or it wasn't. I'm right. saying. Is it evil? I think some things. Are objectively are evil. Are objectively evil. And I don't think that I have any way of evaluating objectivity. What about like rape and cold blood and murder? <laughs> just for the sake of it. like. I mean, any bad thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to have the same answer for any really bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like. I think that the kids being forced to mine at gunpoint is like, well, maybe that's all right, but some yeah. rape and cold-blooded no. murder isn't all right. I, my point is that I don't know that I have any way of obje- of evaluating objectivity. I do think it's useful. Hmm. When I say useful, I that sounds utilitarian, and I guess it is in a way. But what I mean is it sounds detached. Yeah, 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 yeah. From like. Well, it feels bad. Okay, so it feels bad too. I think it like it feels evil to me. So to be clear, what you're saying when I'm what I'm saying evil. Yeah, it's not the examples I'm giving. It's the force and thought behind. Yeah, the person doing that. So I would say that is what I think evil is. So then it really. Can is it possible for somebody to have in their mind or their heart uh, the ability to go against what they believe is good? That to me would be probably the closest thing for evil. So those guards with guns who have come up with some mental gymnastics as to why it doesn't matter that they're holding. Well, now is it the guards with guns, or is it the, well, or is it the? People hire the guards with guns. Well, it's probably all of them because they probably all have some mm. rationale as to why it makes sense yeah. what they're doing. And because most people, I don't think, engage in what they believe is evil. Not nobody, but yeah. most people don't. So that's kind of bringing back to my, do you believe in like the devil or Satan or evil? Right. So I think forces that are, I don't think the devil is as simple as like, you know, David Cross is like sneering <laughs> atheist. Like, can you believe that some people believe in the little red guy? With exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. Whatever. But like, <laughs> no one thinks that. No, but like, definitely. So, not. but what it is, is, you know, and we were having, yep. you know, talks about like biblical stuff. Right. I think what Satan or the devil is, is overarching, you know, or evil. I think it's all the same. Essentially it's forces that are counter to the universal design that are like right past the point of like what 
we were really intended, but you could, you know, and this is going to get into like free will and stuff and we don't have to like derail completely like from I mean, a I, music podcast, but those things that we feel, yep. we're like, that's not right. There's a reason it's not right. And it's because there mm-hmm. is this counter force in play in the world and it's right. not like we might be divinely created and inspired beings and okay. see and feel all the universal forces around us, which I think is, which I think is God, like okay. all the things that kind of shape sure. what we are and what the world is. And you can go as far as things like gravity. You can say the feeling you get uh-huh. when you look at someone you love and stuff like that. But there are counter points to that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the whole point of being human and like, or being like the type of creation that we are or, and right. you know, I'm not saying creation in like a, we were pulled straight from the ground kind of way. Right. But in this, like more of like an intelligent design kind of way where those things yeah. that are counter though, mm-hmm. that we feel and look at and know in our pit, yeah, it's not right. Mm-hmm. That is what I think like evil right, right. and the devil are, because that's really what it's supposed to be. It's this contrary of like, oh, you were supposed to live this way mm-hmm. in like Eden and follow these laws and stuff like that. Be like, you can do this. Right. And it comes in, you know, sometimes it's nuanced. Right. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's, you know, engaging in evil to get rid of evil. Like the old um, Robert McNamara. I don't know if you ever watched Frog of War. He was the, it's like a documentary they did with he Robert was a McNamara. General, right? He was the secretary of defense okay. under... Nixon and Johnson for a little right. bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he was a big Vietnam guy. Yeah. Um, but he did this whole thing and it was like the fog of war and was like the, I think it was like 18 points or something. You can put the actual number of sure. points right <laughs> next to me in the editing. But one of them with really was, goofy animation. <laughs> yeah. And it was really, I mean, it was really good. It was really insightful. Yeah. Um, but one of the things was sometimes to eliminate evil, you need to engage in evil. Right. And you know, the obvious examples like world war two. Right. Yeah. Um, that was something he gave there's, but I bring that up only to say there's, there are nuances in the engagement of something that's like counter to like what is right. And then there's not, there's like, are we going to fight the Nazis or like, am I going to go like rape and murder tonight? They're different, but both of them feel wrong. One feels way, way more wrong than the other one you say it, but to kind of go to your point, you can like dance around yeah. certain things all the time to be like, well, what is evil? Is it real? Stuff like that. I think my overall point was I think there are some things that are just so clearly wrong. Clearly wrong right. that it's hard to say yep. there's not something else going on. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I, I I know I do know what you mean. I think where I I have a problem starting that process because even the term us as a creation, I don't know that I can evaluate whether we are created or have happened by accident. Like I have no clue. Sure. And this is, this is where I fall out with, with uh, anybody who's telling me about the beginning of the universe. I mean, no one knows anybody like, like, it's like, like scientists, big bang, yeah. people, the whole thing. It's like, what are you telling me? Yeah. I have no way of even evaluating yeah. what you're saying is true I, or not. How do you know what I you're saying totally is true? I totally agree. I don't think there's any way of knowing. I, I think the one thing that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um 
And like, I am a religious guy. Right. I'm a spiritual guy. I'm uh-huh. not at all like evangelizing mm-hmm. or anything like right. that. Not even a little bit. Yeah. This is a weird topic to bring it's up. Not, this it's is not, not it's what not, I expected it's coming not, It's not podcast, weird. Actually, like, I think this relates to music, and I think we can bring okay, it into music we in can a second. can bring it back. Um, but so the way I, the, when I say things like creation and stuff like that, I, I think of it in this long-term thing, right, where if you say you, do you remember that science experiment that we would do as kids where you take like half a plastic bottle mm-hmm. and you create like a little biome or like a sure, terrarium yeah, or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And then you put in, I'm going to forget how you do it, but like you do, you have the water underneath and sure. you have the dirt and you yeah. put your plants and your sticks and your rocks for decoration Yeah, right. and you color it or yeah. whatever you want to do. And then you just kind of, you do all that over, what does that take? 10 minutes or something right. like that. And sure. then you put it away and then you watch it turn over weeks and then you see things like mold and algae and like all these little things like that. So when I talk about creation, what I actually mean isn't necessary, even though I believe it to be like a divinely inspired creation, that's not actually what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is inarguably over the course of time, we were created by the universal forces that -hmm. control us like time and Uh gravity and whatever the, I'm not a physicist, but whatever the impact, you know, the velocity of outward expansion of the universe takes, mm-hmm. all of that stuff shapes us the same way that like us putting rocks in a certain place in our biome sure. shapes us or the same way that like a sculptor's hands on like a pottery wheel right. shapes that. But and what just would because, evil be in that system then? So that wasn't exactly what I was talking about with it. But I think, but if the actual thing would be evil is just the equal and opposite reaction of all of this. So like what evil is, it's the negative to the positive. Yeah. Uh It's the, and I'm not saying it's exactly equal and opposite. Right. But it's this idea of if you do, I, there is something to the idea of, Believing in a good force mm-hmm. to have a bad one, which yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of what evil is. If there's all these things that create, you know, beauty and love and mm-hmm. like the goodwill of, I, cause I don't think it's just like our conditioning in society that makes us look at like certain things and be like, I need to help or like, no, I don't think so. Want that. I think that's, I think some things are just natural. It's that like, yes, um, I agree with you. Yeah. It's, and for me, part of why it goes back to faith a little bit is that, uh, do you know, I mean, I'm going to butcher this so you can put the actual, okay. what, what this actually <laughs> so means many, right but, here. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of inserts. So you're going to be up editing. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. But do you know what trademark theory is? I think it was Mm-mm. Descartes or some nope. French mm, person. I do not. So it was his argument for why God exists. Uh-huh. And it was the idea that, again, I'm probably going to get this completely wrong, but this is how I remember it. It, it was the idea that the proof that God exists is because we imagine him. Right. And that was put in there by oh, a creator the, as like a trait. Is this the trademark. one that because you can imagine a perfect being, there must be a more perfect being? No, that's a different one. Like if you can imagine it, there is, it as has I say, to be. Yeah. yeah. As I say, no, that's a different theory. Yeah. You can put here same theory. 
but I'm pretty sure that's a different one. Okay. So the idea of trademark theory is the fact that we imagine the fact that we imagine a God yes. is proof of one because why else would we have that idea? Right. And it's that like little thing in the back of our mind of like, why are we even talking about this if it didn't exist? And it's because right. that idea yeah, yeah, was yeah. put there. Yeah. And if you want to get, you know, sciencey or I, maybe it's more pseudoscience, I don't know where the actual science falls on this, but you can trade you. There's things like, um, collective unconscious and yep. like past subconscious and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff where like we look up when we hear a loud sound because our ancestors used to have to look up for like predators and stuff like that. Sure. Like that idea of why we still react Maybe. certain yeah, yeah, ways. Yeah, right, right. You can trace it's that kind of idea that like yeah. certain there's certain things that we do yep. because we used to know them. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So that's why I think blues is really <laughs> such a magical genre. No, that was great. I, I love it. I love it. Actually, I, what I want is this podcast to do that because musicians what, aren't just musicians. And talking yeah. about guitar all day is boring. Yeah, But I this agree. is actually the thing, like, this is our life as music. That's the idea yeah. of this podcast is that, like, it's just whatever yeah. whatever anybody thinks about it wants to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Awesome. So, bringing it back to music, yeah. and then we can play something. Um, in terms of the like the spiritual side of things, uh, I I had a podcast once where somebody told me that music literally is magic. Oh, interesting! And that really stuck with me. And so I now kind of conceptualize a musician as sort of a conjurer or an illusionist. Interesting. And so, like, it's this weird thing where you're creating a shared space between you and a listener. Because all you're doing is making sounds, but you're like, can I make sounds in such a way that's going to like elicit feelings or vibes or make you want to move your body or make you want to cry or make you want to punch something or whatever. And it's like, it's this very, I would say it's something like a spiritual experience when it's done right. Because you're accessing something. I would agree with that. You're accessing this space that's shared between you and a listener. And it's yeah. like, it's that you're, you're conjuring an illusion. Yeah. That's eliciting. Feelings. I think the, I think the illusion thing is interesting. I've never really thought of it like that. Um, but that is cool. Spiritual experience. I totally agree with. Um, and it's interesting when you read like old religious things, everything's kind of in, I'm going to get a lot of things around here. But this is just what's in my brain. <laughs> um, but like, no, there's like the old Psalms of the Bible, right? Yep. Those are all Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, I met, I had a friend in college who was from Saudi Arabia. And mm-hmm. he was telling me about, this was like the first time I'd ever heard someone really like explain the Quran and stuff. Mm. And he was telling me that like, that like sing songy tone mm-hmm. that they use when they preach is actually the natural, like speaking tones in that language Mm. and the reason why the Quran is this like divine book to the you know Mm -hmm. to them is because it naturally sounds like sinning when Mm. you read the words right I don't speak it to know yeah right but like why would I not take his word for that like yeah but that's pretty beautiful when you think about it yeah because it was also dictated like the story like yeah exactly angel Gabriel dictated it to Muhammad and um or like inverse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But that's I mean, I think that's a really interesting thing. And then you have um are you a Tolkien guy at all? Mm-hmm. 
So I recently just tried to read the Silmarillion. Sil- oh, Silmarillion. yeah, I tried that a couple times. I never it's got through fucking it. fucking difficult. Yeah. But if you notice <laughs> in his first, like... Yeah, it's like um, the Bible. Yeah, and in his first, like, books of it, he talks about... I mean, maybe it's so hard to understand what he's trying to talk about. But there are distinct lines about, like... Um, what is it, Maui or whatever the okay. the overarching big deity over sure. the Valors are creating the musical sounds of the universe. Mm, right. Which is such an interesting and Tolkien also is a deeply spiritual man. Right. It's with um you ever read anything of C. S. Lewis? Yeah. Yeah. Um they were yeah, yeah, they yeah. were best friends. The, the apologetics. I mean, Hanel. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I think. The, I mean, that relationship. What, what is, is so it? What is his thing on Jesus? Uh, he's got a little. It's it's a little quippy thing. C.S. Like, Lewis or Tolkien? Yeah, C.S. Lewis. Uh, Lord, lunatic, or liar. Oh, Those are the only three options. Because he said that you cannot think that Jesus was just a good philosopher and not the Lord. Yeah. Because the things he was speaking, if he is not the Lord, are wicked. That's so interesting. So he's either like demonic or yeah. he's God. That's yeah. it. Those are or the only liar. options. Yeah. Well, but being yeah. a liar is yeah, wicked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Or, never or like one. a lunatic. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it's not his fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd read um I I read The Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, yeah, right. Good books. Good read. Absolutely. Honestly, a good read. I read The Last Battle like three years ago, like as an yeah. adult, and it was really good. Nice. They're way easier to get through than like the Lord of the Rings. Yes, or Lord Game of the Rings of is a little rough sometimes. Yeah, it is. For being my favorite movies of all time. Really? Yeah. Nice. I found the books extraordinarily difficult I to get I love The Hobbit. Oh, the book? Yeah. The Hobbit, the book, I think is one of the most fun adventures you can have like yep. on paper. Yep. yep. Like, so fun. And that, The Hobbit started, and it kind of started the whole thing, from him telling his kids right. uh, bedtime yep. stories. Yep. I remember Which I that. think is just so, like... It's great. It's so great. Um... Yeah, Chronicles of Narnia is actually pretty easy to get through. They're not all great because there's seven of them. At yes. least that I remember, right? Yeah. I loved like, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader as a kid. Oh, that yeah? was my favorite. Yeah. That one, I don't remember as well. I mean, I it remember. just had that right? mouse. I liked it. Yeah. Reap a cheap. <laughs> yeah. I do remember that. But the, um, I mean, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is. Yeah, classic. So classic. Also, a really underrated movie. Like, I think the, a phenomenally good movie. The one they made, like, 2007 or something? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. If you haven't seen it in a while, listeners, <laughs> you, you I'll should... I'll put the movie right yeah, here in between just play us. It. <laughs> I'll definitely get cut off YouTube for that. And in between those claps, you just put the full-length <laughs> movie, if you could, as just a box yeah, in right. between us of, like, still friend. Yeah, right. Um, no, it is a really, really good movie. Uh, yeah. Magician's Nephew... Nephew is fascinating. It was like mm-hmm. the sixth one he wrote, but it's the first one yes. in the series yeah, yeah. about the creation of yes. Narnia, yeah, yeah. which I that think is, is fascinating yep. because going back a little bit to what we were talking about, like, I think, you know, don't want to shock the listeners. I believe in God, mm-hmm. but I think if you believe in God as a being, right. it's a being that exists outside the constraints of time as we experience it. Mm. So because it doesn't make sense as a deity living in the moment mm-hmm. to see things that way. Like you ever um, read Slaughterhouse Five? Oh yeah. Trial yeah. from Adorians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where they They see all time. They at see once. all time at once yeah. and like they 
What's it's so clear. The visual makes so much sense in my mind. I have the hardest time explaining, but the time as a snake curving, right, right. where we see it as this, but it's actually just this yep. kind of thing. Yep. Um, that was great podcasting. Just saying this and this oh, and doing great. hand yeah. movements. Yeah, we're really good at this. <laughs> um, but that would have to be, and an interstellar is probably the most accessible example for most people. Okay, where you have beings outside the constraints of time as a dimension. Sure. So they see things all at once as these chords that vibrate into other parts. Mm. Um, anyways, yeah, Magician's Nephew <laughs> deals with that a little bit. That's pretty cool. But the last battle is pretty cool. Yeah. Good little allegory for the apocalypse. But I got into reading C.S. Lewis a few years ago, like his um, philosophical works. Mm -hmm. I think he's so interesting. Yeah. Really brilliant. Did you ever read Screw Tape Letters? Mm -mm. I think you'd like that. Nice. Just based on the little bit we've talked about this, yeah. I think you would re probably really enjoy Screw Tape Letters. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think C.S. Lewis is he's a really interesting thinker. I like reading his yeah. stuff. But back to music. Yeah. Back so to music. back to music. So I think I've definitely had spiritual experiences from music, like live. Like I remember right. in high school, I saw John Butler play. Mm. Um, if you remember him. It's the real, it's real dirty looking like white dude with dreads. Like, but he I feel plays like a I crazy John Butler guitar. trio is yeah. something, right? Yep, okay, that's him. Okay, um, I don't, I can't think of any music. I can't. Real hippie guy from like Australia. He had a song called Zebra okay. that was pretty big. He had a song called Used to Get High that was big, but he was really famous because he had an instrumental song of his called The Ocean Go Viral. Okay, and it's like this virtuistic guitar nice. piece. Nice, cool. Like. You can put it like right here. Tapping yeah, you can put it right. It's. I mean, you just watch it. It's, yeah. <laughs> we'll watch it's it. It's gonna be a long later. podcast. Yeah, but it's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to put a full movie in. Also, I love the <laughs> idea that also for the podcast part of it, that's not on YouTube. They're just listening yeah, to a movie, just listening to everything, <laughs> or not even. It's just dead air. <laughs> I don't put it in for them. Yeah, it's been um, like two hours. Yeah, <laughs> but so I remember that was like a deeply religious. Or mm. spiritual experience for me. Yeah. I shouldn't say really. It wasn't religious. It was very spiritual, though. Hmm. Um, I've had listening to things like there's a live version of the song Joe by Alabama Shakes. Okay. That makes me feel like a deep swelling in my yeah. like soul and uh -huh. heart and stuff when I listen to it. Mm -hmm. And then my favorite song ever is Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Leonard Cohen, Jeff Buckley. Yeah. Also from it's Shrek. A great song. It's on. I have. I have a. Um, I have a. Like a. I teach it to my students sometimes. I think it's the perfect chord progression. I have a whole yeah. thing about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he puts the chords right in there. That's how he knows. Not, that's not how that, good he knows it. Not oh. that. Not that at all. Actually, it's the the hallelujah part. Oh, the chorus. I. It's. Uh, it is in both A minor and C major at the same time. That's beautiful. I would say because the the verse has the two poles. It starts mm -hmm. in C major. Like very much in C major, and then it flips to A minor when we get the E seven chord going to the A minor. So that's both poles of the C major collection. That's so interesting. Like the relative major and minor, and then when we get to the chorus, that F exists as a as a pivot to each key, and we go F A minor F C. Wow! And so it's the transcendent moment when like the super chord has been. That's achieved. really beautiful. That's how I see that. Can I tell you something funny? So I. This isn't going to sound funny, but it is funny. So I play that song wrong. Oh. Um, Wait, what do you because, mean? Because, so the, I do all the verse the same up yep. until the 
E7. Yeah. And then I go to C. Oh. And then I hit the A minor. You to go start E7 course. C? E7 C. Whoa. Oh, that changes of, everything. And then hit an A minor to start the chorus. Sure. Yeah. C, A minor, F, G, then C. Okay. Um, but it's because I played that song at my grandmother's funeral. Mm. And haven't felt like learning sure. how to properly play it. Yeah. Well, but it's I play that song. That's important. Yeah, it is yeah. imprinted. That's a good way of putting it. But I play that song all the time. Yeah. And right when I moved to Austin and I felt like I didn't know if I was making the right choice and I was just mm-hmm. kind of getting used, I would end every set with it. Wow. Because it made me feel like I was where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And doing it just made me feel a little more like secure. Yeah. Um, that song, though, I think is... I have another th- reason why I think that's the perfect song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has less to do with the actual theory behind it. But I think... It's really something special when you can make a secular song uh-huh. reach your soul. Sure. Because you can write religious music. Yeah. And like, it's not, I don't think it's all very good. Yeah. Um, the same way that I think anything where you start with a purpose and then write a song, it's going to be very hard for yeah. it to sound like genuinely inspired. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of awesome gospel. I love gospel oh, yeah. music. Same. <clears throat> um, I love gospel influence music a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of, I mean, I don't listen to like Christian rock and stuff regularly, but I'll hear some of it like walk, you know, there's a lot yeah. of new age churches in Austin oh, yeah. and you'll walk past and hear some of it. And there is, I don't know yeah. the theory behind it, but some of it does just well up inside you nice. when you hear yeah, it yeah. and you're like, wow, <laughs> what the hell was that? Yeah. Like, but I think it's very, very hard to make a song that is not itself a religious song mm-hmm. conjure up those same effects. Right. And I think Hollywood does it. But it perfectly. does it. It does it perfectly because I think it's it's the the like the superstructure. It's it's it has this ambiguity because it's referencing all these religious things. Yeah. As you say, it's a secular song. Like right there, there's an ambiguity because it's referencing all these Bible stories mm-hmm. and it's using those Bible stories yeah. for their emotional content and it's adding yeah. new emotional content just, to them. Yeah, and yeah. not just the story, but hallelujah as a word yes. itself. Of course. Yeah, which so, is... So to call it a secular song is also like, is it? Yes. It's both. Kind exactly. of like how you said with yep. the chorus where it's two yep. keys at the same time. It is yep. both secular and spiritual right and which is really the amazing major, the minor yeah, yeah yeah because i don't I think if you put you could put hallelujah as a song on anywhere and i don't think anyone would be like god i hate christian rock like, <laughs> no they'd probably I mean? just be like oh this song god i love that song though me too it's I think so it's beautiful yeah I it agree. really is perfect yeah i first heard it in track Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was teaching it to a student once, and their dad was like, wait, why are you learning a song from Shrek? That's so I'm funny. Like, That's You're funny. a dad. You're yeah, supposed to know this. Know. Yeah. What are you teaching your kids? Yeah. Cool. So yeah. you want to play something? Yeah, let's play something. Cool. I usually use my phone, but it's recording. Yeah, no problem. Hi. There, there's a skill I need to get better at. It's tuning by ear. Because it's same. I used to be pretty good. Things. Yeah, I know, I I'm so relying on them. That's actually why. Here's a fun thing that we actually can probably keep in. I being reliant on like 
the machines is a big thing. It's part of the reason why, despite playing like 250 shows last year, yeah. I don't have a stand for my phone. Nice. That's great. And it's so I don't get real. It makes it really hard to learn new songs on the fly because yeah. I put it on my leg and then I hold still. Oh, you still use the text. Sometimes. Oh. No, sometimes. That's funny. But what I don't use it for is songs that I know in my set. I see. So if I'm like, oh, what's that word? I'm like, fuck it, just play it, and yep. I bet you'll figure it out. Yep. So that's I can. that's why I can play, like, you know, I don't know. Just going to spread play or maybe 150 songs from just memory. Right. Without, yeah. like, ooh, what do I do here? Yeah. All right, let's do something not jazzy. Okay. That was a misnomer. I can't play jazz. <laughs> okay. That is my, I call that the Gary Clark Jr. chord, the... Oh, is D, D major nine is, is a Gary Clark Jr. chord? That's what I call it. It's funny. I don't associate that. Yeah. I think he, he has one song called uh, Black and Blue that starts with that. Oh, like, I see. I see. I see. Gary, right. if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Gary, on that. if you're listening. I met right. him uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice. Well, I mean, he, he's he was around, watching right? us at a Friend's Bar. Yeah, he comes into Friend's oh, Bar yeah. a decent amount. Cool. Um, and it was the first day that we got shut off by the social media coming. Oh, hold on. Before we start, yeah. let me just say, if you on the off chance are listening to this, which maybe you are, since you are so obsessed with doing your own podcast and stuff, if you work for fucking Ibble... The stupid-ass company that moved into an office above Friends Bar to do podcasting. (laughs) Go the fuck somewhere else. Go somewhere else in Austin. Go to Dallas. Go back to California. I don't give a fuck where you go. But don't go to the last bar that does live music all day and then start bitching to not the bar, to the building manager oh that you're doing, that they're playing music too loudly during the day. Go the fuck somewhere else, you waste of space in this city. Nice. Anyways. <laughs> oh, also, if you're a social, a new social media company, maybe you should have more than six likes on your Instagram. Yeah. You fucking joke. <laughs> I hate them. There we go. They, I told them, we've been doing this back and forth. For like weeks about like, oh, it's too loud. We couldn't hear the voice when you'll play. There's only music during their work hours from noon to three. So I said, you know, if they're trying to do their podcast and they only need it for like an hour is what we were told. Why don't they do it before noon or after yeah, three? Right. And we were told, oh, they don't feel like they should have to alter how they do business. They're literally telling well, the bar that's been... Th- why should we alter how we do business? That's the great- first day we got shut down, I was playing with Haas, uh-huh. doing the duo stuff. Gary Clark Jr. was in there watching us. Nice. Came up from the back to the front to watch us play. <sighs> I'm like, what do you want to hear, man? Obviously, I recognized him. And he's like, whatever you got, man. I'm like, all right, here's an old blues song. You can tell me who it's by. I know it is Derek and the Dominoes. We started doing um, Have You Ever Loved a Woman? Mm-hmm. And got shut down in the middle of the Uh, song. And I'm like, are you kidding? And the guy's like, dude, I'm really sorry, but you have to stop. So then I got real loud and did the like, the like, big like, kind of ending like the, (laughs) so mad. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I didn't mess it up live. I didn't mess up while, while we were being watched. But yeah, 
Then we got yelled at, but you know who was really pissed that the music got shut off was Gary Clark Jr., yeah. who was just... He's like, do you know that fucking company's name? He's like, I want to complain. He's like, I want to call them. I want to trash them. He's like, Dang. who the fuck moves above Friends Bar? He's like, I came out. He's like, I'm in the studio right now. I just wanted to walk around and see what's going on in Austin. He's like, this is the worst thing I could have seen. He's like, not us. He's like, you guys did. We're doing really well. He's like, this is bullshit. Yeah. He's like, this is because he came up playing at Friends. He's like, this is the first stage I played on. He's like, to see this really bums me out. Yeah, that sucks. It does suck. So if you work for fucking Nibble, I mean, I don't know, probably not much longer. I can't imagine that company is making any money. (laughs) But you know what? Uh, You can come work for me. Nice. As a roadie. It doesn't pay much. (laughs) And you can't unionize. Ooh. All right. All right. What are we doing? I don't know. Whatever.
Well, that was fun. Nice. Yeah. It was a I'm, weird ending, but it kind of... That's all right. <laughs> it worked out. I realized uh, about halfway through, my B string just jumped down half a step. A whole... A half step? Yeah. Dang. Dang. That's all right. Yeah. What's a jam if something's not a little out of tune? Yeah. Uh. So how... I feel like when I've seen you play... You're not afraid to go like very out sometimes. Uh, yeah, it's Just totally like real intentional noisy. and not me messing up. No, 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 no. I feel like <laughs> it is intentional sometimes. You're just oh, okay. like you're just going for it. Oh yeah, I mean you yeah. got to just let loose. Yeah, yeah I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's the it's the thing that um we we're yeah. talking about earlier where like you you can't really think about what you're going to play. You can kind of have those split second thoughts of like maybe I'll go up to here and try it there, but like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, just Absolutely. Go for it. Dude, it's Austin. Like, there's a hundred people who can play the perfect note at the perfect time. Yeah. The perfect way. So, like, what are you going to do that's a little different? Yeah, exactly. That's why Jack White is such a great blues guitarist. It's not, like, his actual, like, pure technical ability. It's just the, yeah. like, rawness of what he does. I mean, yeah. early Jack White specifically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Such cool, like, guitar solos and the yeah. synth solos go along with it and the mood. Yeah, he that. just fucking... Rocks it. Yeah. So, All right. So what's coming up for Jack with we No just, K? We just recorded an album with uh, Andy Tenberg of Tomar and nice. the Nice. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, is it is it out or are you still mixing? No, no, no. We're, well, actually, it's being mastered right now. Okay. We just got the first master back for the first song. We were going to originally try and have a song out by South By. Okay. But that's next week. Yeah. And I just got the master back. Okay. Like two days ago. Okay. So that's not going to happen. But... It is coming out. Nice. Um, let's see. Small. I'll have to check today. It would be really hard to get in by today. Because turnover normally takes like, what, three weeks to get something online from like, if you do CD Baby or Distro Kid or uh, something like that. No, no, no. It's like it's like a week. But if you're trying to get it submitted to playlists and stuff, that's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like two All right, maybe two we'll have something weeks. out by March 17th then. I think my best has been four days. Wow, really? From DistroKid to Spotify. So I haven't used DistroKid yet. Okay. I'm about to sign up for it. Yeah. Because I want to release like a lot of music without paying yes. all yeah, the yeah. time. Yep, yeah. Just once a oh, year. CD Baby's been fine. But yeah. like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize they also took a percentage of my royalties. CD Baby? Yeah. I mean, Which annoyed me. Yeah. Because I thought the whole point was you pay us the one-time fee. Right. And like, what do you need 15% of nothing for? Right. You know, fifteen percent is high too, especially if you're paying them for That's distribution. What That's yeah. what I thought, and then I read the fine print. I met someone from BMI. I yeah. got a little bit of an argument with her because I'm like, I really don't think that's how that works. She's like, I promise you, that's how it works. She's like, go read it. I'm like, all right, I'll read it. Yeah, and I did. And I'm like, well, that's kind of annoying. <laughs> CD Baby used to be great, but now also they don't have any in-person people you can call. Uh, they got rid of that during COVID. Yeah, so it's like so frustrating. Yeah, to deal with that. Anyways, I, um, well, great. Maybe we'll have something out March 17th then. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. That'd be really cool. All right. So keep up. So I'll put all the links and everything. Yeah. Yeah. All so right. Just... So the band's Jack with no K. So here's the thing. I want to do a little tagline band name for the album uh-huh. to kind of differentiate it. So I have, so Jack with no K has my, always been my yeah. project since like 2017 is our first EP. Yeah. Nice. Um, we have five EPs, all with great EP names. The first one was 
uh, summer hits of the 1890s. Nice. Uh, then we had House Show Dreamboat. Okay. Uh, songs for a Long Drive Home. Okay, that's a good name. Thank you. House Do Show w- Dreamboat sounds like a band name, too. That's what a lot of people say. Okay. I, my best friend, the guy from November Blue, well, he's being kind of jerky right now and not calling me back. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, this podcast will get him, That's all right. It's been my friend since kindergarten. That's just me razzing him. Anyways, so... He always told me I should just make my band name House Show Dreamboat. Mm-hmm. It does kind of sound like a band name. Yeah. Anyways, we also have one called Do Up Daydreams and one called Imaginary nice. Lovers. Cool. Um, But those are all my EPs that I've done. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then I have like one solo EP just under Jack Carson. So that way if people couldn't understand Jack with no K, <laughs> they would find something. Yeah. But now I want to do like a, you know, JJ Gray and Mofro? Mm-mm. Really good singer. You should look up. Okay. Um, what's another one? You know how Leon Bridges did Leon Bridges and Krungbin? Okay. As the dual mm-hmm. EP with yep. like Texas Sun on it. Yep. Or uh, what's another good one? There's there's a lot of them that are like Nathaniel Rateliff, and then there's Nathaniel Rateliff in the Night Sweats. Sure. And no yes. matter what yeah. you look up on Spotify, yep. there's artist pages for both sure, of them. Sure. So yep. now I yep. want to have one for Jack with No K. And then and it'll the probably something. be New Texas Groove. Nice. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So that way I have something that's easy for people to fucking yep. spell. Yeah. And remember. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's cool. And it yeah. also works well together. So because you could say it's Jack with no K and New, and New Texas Groove. Yeah. But it'll just be Jack with no K and then New Texas Groove mm-hmm. right next to it. And so that way, if you look up New Texas Groove, it'll be an artist page. Nice. Either that's way, a good idea. the first yeah. single is called No, No, No. It's a fun song. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, Looking forward to it. When will this be out? Next week. When? Thursday. I don't remember the date. On Thursday, we're playing at the 13th floor. Tonight. 13th floor. Tonight. Oh, cool. I haven't played there yet. I, okay. I played at the Green Jay, but I haven't played yeah, since it played switched over to the Yeah, we played at Green Jay, too. I'm excited floor. to play at 13th floor. Yeah. It's the guys who own the bar. We're part of Black Angels, I think. Nice. If I'm not mistaken. Cool. Cool band. I listened to them when I was... I was growing up because my dad liked them. Nice. All right. Well, if you happen to catch this tonight and you're in Austin, go yeah. to the 13th floor. We're also playing a bunch of shows during South By. So yeah. you can find I mean, us Jack anywhere. Jack plays all the time. Yeah, all over the place. I play out a lot. Yeah. So what's up with you? What's up with me? Yeah. What? You asked about me. We started this whole podcast <laughs> saying no one asks no one asks me how I'm doing. So how are you doing? What do you have coming up, Anthony? Uh Oh, no. I don't know. I got. I also have an EP coming out. Oh, yeah? Yep, yep. Well, I didn't know Five that. Tunes. Yeah, I'm still mixing it. But okay. Yep. Uh, June, or not June. Uh, what's the month after this month? April. Okay. Congrats. <laughs> Do you April. have someone for mastering? Uh, I'm just doing it myself. <coughs> um, I have a guy if you need him. Okay. It's really good. It's my friends up in Nashville do all my mastering. Oh, nice. Me. It's pretty affordable. I'm, I'm trying to go DIY until... For now, like I'm embracing the <laughs> DIY thing. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you. Uh, because I don't have a lot of money to record, yeah. so I recorded it all myself. And like I went uh, up to Wisconsin to like an old bass player friend, old drummer friend, nice. recorded with them, just like as makeshift as possible to try and embrace the DIY thing. Because I feel like there's this weird space in the middle where you're shelling out money for things, but it's sort of reaching above you and there's something to sort of embracing the 
the we're doing this on the cheap yeah. vibe until I like until the ROI is there and then it yeah. makes sense to like. Invest so I think in it. that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's really cool. Um, the one thing I would say, <laughs> just in case you want to cut this, this last little Go part for out. It. So the one thing that I've found with a lot of friends who've done that over the years yeah. is the one thing that like you probably should just have someone do is mastering because yeah. it's all the little, yeah. Cause it's the, it's the small little audio things. It's yep. not really going to change how the mixing sounds that much, right. but it'll make the sound, the songs themselves give it that air of professionalism to yeah. where it at least like if it comes on in the car yeah. on like one of my Spotify playlists, it's not going to be a substantially different, different level yep. than everything else. And yep. that's the one thing that I know, not knowing a lot about mastering and what it actually does that it helps with sure. is making yep. it just way more mm-hmm. on par with everything else. Yes. Because honestly, and this is no offense to my friends whose songs are like this. When I listen to them, if I'm in my car listening and then someone's song comes on and I have, it's like 10 yeah, like yeah. Yep. volume settings lower than the other ones. I'm just going to skip it. Right. Because the next one's going to blow my ears out and I'm going to forget it. Yep. And yep. it just doesn't sound as good. Sure. So you want that last little bit. You need the also, sheen. Also, yeah, they yeah. are, I don't know how long your EP is, but it's 50 bucks a song they do. And okay. they do really good work. So it's not like 50 a bucks ton a of song money. is not that much. No, it's not that much. Okay. It's definitely worth it too. Okay. Um, that would be my recommendation. Cool. And I can link you up with them if you want. They're yeah. Really good stuff. Cool. Yeah, they're nice. Very nice guys. Also, guys in November blue. If you keep this in, oh, what's up, Johnny and Dean? Yeah, I'll keep it in. I don't see why not. <laughs> All right, well, so you don't have to keep that in. The- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that really loud. That'll be the yeah, sound exactly. effect That'll for the whole be thing. The big one. Every time you point to putting something up, it'll like yeah, nose exactly. Blow. Yeah, cool. All right, well, uh, right. directed Instagram uh, website, yeah, Spotify, website. all that stuff. Yeah, I'm I'll, actually I'll, right now getting everything really in order. Yeah. Social media, website, yep. SEO, whatever. Cool. All, all of that, I've links to all that stuff. All of that's getting situated right yep. now, and I hate it. But I'm doing it, and I have a good friend who's helping me that I'm very grateful for. So Nice. Cool. All uh, right. Well, thanks, everybody. Thank See you, you later. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, thanks for listening or watching. Be sure to look up Jack with no K. Find all his stuff on the links below. Go out to a show, all that stuff. Remember to like, leave a comment, subscribe, all that good stuff, and I'll see you next time.